0: I always feel like the the first message or sermon of the year is the easiest to give and the hardest to give. The easiest because people come into church and they gather to worship because they've set some sort of goal or some sort of new pace for um, for the year coming, you know, before them and and. Uh, resolutions, declarations, and that's coming from a desire to maybe see the Lord more, experience him more, or maybe even out of, I hate to say this, but some people have a sense of guilt maybe, even going into the next year, that the previous year they barely went to church, or they didn't go to their life group, or they didn't tithe, or they didn't pray, or whatever it is, you guys know what I mean, right? And so we come and we gather on the first week of the year with all kinds of things in our hearts. That's what makes it the easiest because people, for the most part, are in a really good place, an excited place. The thing that makes it hard is you're the one that's supposed to tell them, (laughs) you know, something encouraging and something that will inspire them to the next week and then the next week and then the next week. You guys understand what I mean? And so it's both the easiest and the hardest. Every year, right around the end of November and through the month of December, I always pray and ask the Lord, Lord, I would love a word, or a phrase, or an idea, something for the next year that would lead us and kind of push us in to um, this next season of our lives, not only as a church but also individuals. And uh, if you'll remember last year, um, I prayed and and I felt like the Lord was saying seed time and harvest, that it was going to be a year of sowing and reaping. And many of you took that to heart. I know I did. And uh, if you if you um, have been tracking with us, you know that as a church, it's been a great year of harvest. We've seen such a, um, such a growth in our church and, and really every area of ministry, from youth to children's. Um, normally, you know, there's all kinds of um, people here. Um, and so we've seen, we saw that, seed time and harvest and um, all kinds of growth. This year, I felt like the Lord gave me two words. I really believe that he gave me two words. For our church, but I, I feel like one way or the other, it's for us as individuals as well. And the words are further, deeper. And in fact, as I was praying, that's how it came to me. Further, deeper. Further, deeper. And, um, and so, you know, I, I feel like I hear those words and I begin meditating on those words. I begin praying and asking the Lord what that means. And uh, very, very quickly, a scene from the Bible popped into my head. It was a very familiar scene to me because it's, it's one of my favorites. And it's in Luke 5. Go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And while you're turning there, I want to go ahead and give you my sermon in a sentence. If you've been tracking with us for a while, you know that I, I like to narrow everything that I'm going to say down to really one sentence in case that's all we can remember on our way out. Um, Tonight, my my sermon in the sentence is, and I hope you wrote further and deeper down somewhere on your notes or on your Bible, 2016. But my sermon in the sentence tonight is, God's desire is nothing less than to fill our nets. God's desire is nothing less than to fill our nets. Now, let's look at this scene that I feel like the Lord led me to to clarify that phrase or that those two words further deeper. I'm just going to read it and then we'll go look back over it. You guys ready? How many of you got pens and papers and taking some notes? Some of you do. Hey, listen, I want to encourage you to take notes. Take notes, write things down, not because they're my words to say, but because it can give you something to ponder on, chew on later on in the week. Write some things down. Normally, the Lord has very specific words for people in the room, and it's, it's always amazing to hear how people um, are spoken to by the Lord. Okay, further deeper, God's desire is nothing less than to fill our nets. So in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him, him being Jesus, and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. It's also called the Sea of Tiberias. Um, Most of us know it as the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so Jesus is walking um, close to and along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it says that he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we've been working hard all night and have caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let the nets down. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats full of fish, so full that they began to sink. (laughs) But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. This is a good story. And I'll be honest, there are so many ways to chop this up. I want to keep it really simple, very um, short and plain. Looking back over this, there's a few things that stood out to me as Jesus is walking along the shore of Galilee. The first thing is, is he came across two boats. And that's really important, not just because there were two boats there, but because he saw two boats There could have been six boats. There could have been 10 boats. We we don't know. There could have been more. But it says that he saw two boats. And when you see something like that, when Jesus sees something or something like that stands out, you always know that Jesus is up to more than one thing at a time, right? He's like a major multitasker, okay? Okay. So yes, the crowd of of listeners are are kind of encroaching on him. And yes, you guys ever been in a crowd and and the the crowd is just kind of moving and you're kind of moving with it and you don't want to, you're trying to get over there, but the crowd, you guys know what I'm talking about? That's kind of what's happening. These people are wanting to hear him so much and they're encroaching in on him. And it's not that Jesus couldn't have went and busted them all, you know, across the universe, but he was, he was teaching and he found himself at the shore of Galilee and he says, he looked down and he saw two boats. Yes, he's teaching the crowd, but he's always doing something else. Always looking ahead. He was there for the purpose of teaching, but he was also there for something in particular. He sees these two boats, and then it says that he, he gets in one of them. Now remember, the boats are sitting there because the fishermen were all done for the night. They had fished all night, and they hadn't caught anything. We just read that. How many of you have gone fishing or hunting All night, you endured the weather, you endured the pain, the the physical whatever it took to do that and didn't catch or shoot anything. Is there anything more frustrating than loading up all your gear, going out, suffering the stuff, and coming away empty-handed? Is there anything more? How many of you hunters? Fishermen? I can't think of another example. Okay, I was trying to think of something that we could all relate to, but... So these guys that left their boats there were discouraged. I want to point this out. It says that he saw the two boats standing there. Different versions of the Bible translate it differently. I love the way the message translates it because it's probably the most accurate. It says, and he saw two boats tied up. Because if they weren't tied up, most likely they could drift out or the water could come in. And so they were tied up. Certainly they could have just been pushed up on the sand. But a lot of times we tie those boats off or we tie them up. And one of the things that the Lord showed me was for us to experience all that he has for us this year. And we'll we'll get more to what that is. But it starts with overcoming the discouragement the pain, the hurt, the disappointment from the previous year or the previous years and to untie the boat. That's the first thing I would want you to write down is is untie, like untie. What is it that has you in a place of discouragement or keeps you in that place of discouragement? What is it that you have tied off in your life? What is it that you said, you know what, Uh uh-uh. I'm not going to do that anymore. And we understand that the boat was tied off and the nets would be washed until the next time they go fish. So we understand that they probably plan to go again. But what I'm talking about is how we tie things off. We tie off people. We'll tie off relationships. we'll, We'll say, I'm not going out in that area again. And I felt specifically that the Lord was saying, hey, my desire is to see your nets filled but one of the things that's keeping you, in fact, the primary thing that's keeping you, uh, your nets from being filled in certain areas, in certain ways, is just the fact that you need to untie your boat. You need to untie, you need to, you need to let go of that. Maybe it's a frustration with a person that you're harboring unforgiveness. I mean, the, I could go on and on and on about examples, but you guys already have some of the the personal examples in your brain right now because you know, you know what's been stirring in your heart. You know what it is that you get heated about. You know the conversation that every time it comes up, it just puts you over the roof or sends you back into anxiety or depression or fearful actions. Well, we're saying it's time to untie that knot. It's time, to, it's time to, to let that be gone. Be willing to let it go. You guys understand. What I'm saying? And so he sees the boats tied off there. And I love it because Jesus knows that about these guys that are out here, particularly Peter. Okay? If you know anything about Peter and reading scripture, you know Peter was a bit of a hothead, kind of impatient. And so you can imagine he was probably the most frustrated out of all of them. But keep in mind, and I've said this before, these are guys that are fishing, which means they they didn't make the grades to be religious leaders. And so because they didn't make the cut, they didn't make the grades. They were out doing, you know, which isn't a bad job, but something they probably didn't want to be doing. And so figuratively, maybe that's even something that's in his heart. Jesus would know. And so Jesus, of the two boats, which one did he get into? Peter's. And I love it because it just says he got into the boat. He just walk in. He's like, just gets into the boat. And Peter's probably like, dude, got in my boat. <laughs> it probably wasn't like that. Jesus and Peter already knew each other. They had already had some interaction. And so Peter knew well who Jesus was, and I'll show you why in a minute. But Jesus gets into Peter's boat. Can I just say this? And I know this is obvious and a little bit cliche. If Jesus, <laughs> I you feel kind of dumb even saying it. But if Jesus gets in your boat, things will change. Right? If Jesus gets into your boat, if you allow him, if you don't say, dude, get out of my boat, things will change. Jesus gets into the boat and he just simply says, look what it says. I, I, I underline this because I think this is very important. It says, and he got into one of them's boats, Simon's, and it says that he asked him to put out a little bit from the land. Basically, Jesus asked him to untie the boat. And to push off a little bit from shore. Didn't tell him. He could have said, dude, you better untie that boat. On the son of God. I will smite you. He didn't do that. It says that he asked him. Some of your versions, especially if you're reading like in King James or something. It says, he says, I pray you. Push out a little bit. I ask you. Jesus asks him to push out a little bit. For him to push out meant that he had to untie the boat. And he had to overcome the discouragement. Push out a little bit. You know, Peter was like, dude, I just want to get these nets cleaned and go home. So it says that Jesus pushed out a little bit, got in the boat, pushed out, sat down, because that's what a, a teacher would do. He doesn't teach standing up like we do. He, he teaches sitting down and the people would sit around. So he begins teaching and then it says that he finished teaching. And when he finished teaching, he said, Peter, I want you to put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Okay, it's one thing to take my boat. It's one thing to make me sit in this boat while you push out a little bit and start teaching. Although I'm sure Peter was enjoying the sermons and stuff. But it's a whole other thing to ask a man who is weary, exhausted, frustrated, nets already clean, already packed up, put up, to get it all back out and cast the nets again into an area that he fished all night and knew nothing was biting. Am I right? And yet Jesus like, dude, you don't even know. He says, "Uh, push out a little bit and cast out your nets. And I love it because Peter says, master, we have fished all night and have caught nothing. By the way, this is the first time this word is used. In, in, in really the whole um, New Testament, that word for master, it's a little bit different than rabbi or teacher, master. And so it really, if you start studying, it indicates the type, of, the type of understanding that Peter did have of who Jesus was. It wasn't a full understanding, but it was enough to know, don't tell him no. Because what does he say? He said, we've been fishing here all night. And I always felt like Jesus was probably like, gave him that look like, are you really arguing with me? So Peter's like, but since you say, I will certainly do that. And it says that they they go out, they push out a little bit. He says, put out into the deep. The King James Version says, launch out. And when I read that, it stood out to me. That's the next thing. After we untie and let go of whatever it is that's been holding us back, We've got to step out. We've got to make an intentional effort to launch out, to go further out. You guys, this stood out to me just plain as day. It is time for many, if not all, the people in this room and those who aren't here that will listen to this online through the podcast. Shout out to you. Listen to push out further to go further, not to be content to be on the shore, certainly not tied up, not even being content with being out a little bit from the shore with Jesus in the boat. You guys hear what I'm saying? But to say, I'm going to go further. And I could talk an hour about ways to do that, but it's the stuff we talk about all the time, everything from prayer, worship, personal devotion, getting in God's word, go out further. Why not? Why not? Why not 2016? Take your relationship with Jesus a little further. A little further. You know why we don't? Because of the very reason we were tied off. We did that before. We didn't catch nothing. It didn't pan out. You know people go fishing or they go hunting, they don't pack up all that stuff thinking, I'm going to get all this stuff together. I'm going to go out. I know I'm not going to catch anything, but I'm going to do it anyway. No right, He does that. They go out with full expectation of catching something, right? And you've even dreamed of it. You have this dream while you're driving on the way to the lake or to the deer lease, of imagining that fish you're going to catch, you know, and you're salivating and you're ready. And you're thinking, this buck is going to have this many points, or I'm going to get this many does, I'm going to have this many lamb chops. Well, I guess it wouldn't be lamb chops. You know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, but what my point is is that you don't go out without expecting something. So all of us, one way or the other, have gone out before. We've put out before. We've maybe tried to go out further before, and we didn't catch anything. And so you're asking me to go out into that territory again and put myself through that disappointment if you have a faith and trust in God's word and you have an understanding of what God, His desire for you is, his desire being nothing less than to fill your nets, then yes, put out a little further. Go a little deeper, go go grab, grab whatever it takes and, and go further with the Lord. Maybe go from no minutes of devotion per day to 5 minutes or 5 to 15 or 15 to an hour whatever i know that it looks different for everyone but the point is is 2016 why not go a little further why because god wants to fill your nets he wants to fill your nets i was thinking about how those two words further and deeper go together further and deeper and here's what i feel like the lord was saying when you go further out from the shore the further you go the deeper you go some of you're like yes but haven't you ever heard of a sandbar you can find yourself 30 50 100 feet out and be standing in it. i get that okay barring the sandbars okay <laughs> typically when you go further from the shore on a lake in the ocean The further you go out, the deeper you go. And you don't even have to worry about the depth. Your commitment isn't to the depth. The depth is God's responsibility. He's the one that created the ocean. You have no control over the depth. All you have control over is how you are paddling or pushing forward to go forward. And the promise, I believe, that you see in different ways all over God's word is that if you will just commit to go further, God will naturally take you deeper. Isn't that right? If you will go further, God will take you deeper. The deeper is his responsibility. The launching out is yours. Some of you might say, well, I'm just waiting for God to launch me out. Hey, he's been launching you out since the day you say I do. Since the day that you said I will come, I will follow. He's been launching. He's never stopped. We're the one that tie up the boat. Because the catch of fish was not what we thought it would be or whatever. Untie the boat and launch out. Listen, I don't know if I'm emphasizing this enough, maybe too much. There are those, and I won't even just say this room, I think in the Christian faith that are literally sitting on the shore, tied up, um, bound up, in chains. I mean, I can say this a bunch of different ways. Something that is holding them back and still. If you're a believer, it's worth addressing it. And once you do, listen. And some of you may have already addressed that, and you're like, what next? I'm telling you what next. Go further. Go further. 2016, go further with the Lord. Here's here's something I thought about this week, and and it pains me to say this, but I know it's true. There are some that don't want to untie. Maybe even some in this room, if we were to statistically get into it. There are some people that simply do not want to untie. There's become a familiarity and a um, comfort in the lack of movement. The lack of waves, if you will. The lack of work. The lack of... uh, um, chance, the lack of uh, holding back, uh, I'm not going to set myself up for whatever it is. I'll say it again. I think there are people who are not willing. It's not on their heart. It's not on their radar to untie the boat. Can I challenge you? That is nowhere close to godliness. It's it's not. If there's anyone in this room, even now something's coming up and I'm not touching that. I'm not going to go there. I'm telling you right now that is not God. That is the flesh. It is not the spirit. And you may have to pray hard towards that. But here's the thing that I thought too. Even those who may not be tied up, maybe out a little ways from the shore in the boat with Jesus hanging and chilling. To go any further, it's just not on your heart. And it pains me to say that. And have to speak that, but there are some sitting in this room, it's not even on your radar, on your heart to go further. It's just not. And I've got a, I've got a I've got a I feel like it would I would be a terrible shepherd if I were to not challenge that and say, don't be like that. Untie and go out. Well, I don't know. Well hell, it doesn't matter. But what if it, it doesn't matter? But what if we don't catch another? It doesn't matter. Or what if a boat sinks and we drown? Well, then you go to heaven. You know what I mean? It's going to be all right if you're in Christ. If you are in that place, I, don't, I haven't wanted to. I don't want to go any further with the Lord. I'm content with this. I'm telling you, that's not godliness. It's not godly to be content with not going further. Now, you'll notice that after he pushes out, Peter gets past his pains and frustrations of the night, obeys Jesus. Really, if you, if you, wanna, if you really want to narrow it down, he has faith. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he was just humoring Jesus. I don't know. But it really doesn't matter because he did. He pushed out. They went out. And what does it say happened? It says that they cast their nets again. And that's my third thing. Cast again. Tie, untie, launch out, and cast again. Because this time, after a whole night of toiling, working with their hands, on their own, whatever, this time, Jesus is in the boat. And this time, out of obedience, they cast again. And this time, you you read it. It said that they were pulling in so many fish that their necks begin to break. In other words, not literally break, but getting to the point of breaking. So many fish that they had to call the other boat. Hey, that's where the other boat comes in. Jesus, you might think, well, this is the day he called Peter. Well, no, he also called Peter and Andrew. And the other boat belonged to James and John. In one fell swoop, he called four disciples. Isn't that good? Anyway, I'll make it to that in a second. But when get, they get out there, they catch so many fish. And listen, I just personally believe that Jesus would kick back on whatever you kick back on in a boat and was just smiling, maybe even laughing maybe even pointing, going, look. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm here tonight to tell you, I just don't think that, that it's God's heart for him to feel or think any other way than the same for all of us. That his desire is to see all of our nets filled. Some of you feel like, yeah, I got empty nets, I've had empty nets. Well, let me remind you, you got to untie. You got to push off. You got to launch out. And here's the thing. The, the nets full, the full nets, you can apply what, whatever you think. You may think that's about money. You may think it's about that husband you've been waiting for, or that wife you've been waiting for, or that kid that you've been waiting for, or that job you've been waiting for, or whatever. There's a thousand things. I'm not here to tell you what's going to fill your nets. I'm just telling you that it's God's desire to fill your nets. But his, your nets aren't going to be full if you don't launch out the further you go out the deeper you go and when you cast your nets here's what it is listen here's what the cast again means believe again believe again believe God again again we could we could fill that that blank with all kinds of things, but bottom line, believe God again. What is it that you've stopped believing God for? And it could be a long list, it could be a short list. Some of us may have nothing that we're not believing God for anymore. Maybe we're just full on and that, that's awesome. But I'm probably speaking to at least the majority of us in this room that there's just areas that we've tied off. We don't believe God for that anymore. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, I, I, I want to fill your nets. And think about this, again, back to the fishing analogy, or the boating analogy. If we'll just push off, if we'll just push off, if we'll do the work to go further, if we will row the boat, or we will push the, the big long pole that takes us out there, however they did it, if we will do that, if we will launch out, we will naturally find ourselves in deeper water. In other words, we will go deeper in our faith. We will go deeper in the Lord. And when we cast our nets, they could be anything from sharing the gospel and seeing people come to the Lord, to maybe seeing a marriage restored. I mean, across this congregation, there are all kinds of stories, hurts, pains, struggles. Who knows how the Lord might want to fill your nets this year? But I'm telling you, I know it's simple. I know. Three really simple words, maybe even the idea in general, and yet, how much work is it to truly untie that boat and launch out? And if I were to challenge you one more ways, one more way as a place to start, how do I untie the boat? How do I how do I launch out? Well, it starts with untying, but really, you know what it starts with? What did Peter say after <laughs> they had all that fish? He said, whoa, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I love this because you would think that all of a sudden, Peter gets a heart for God. No. I think that, that heart, that awareness that he was less than, that he wasn't at the place he should be, I think that was already in him. And I think that miracle, that Um, Jesus did, it just highlighted the fact. And so what was already in his heart came out of his mouth once he saw what God did. I say that to say, don't wait for God to do something before you repent (laughs) and address your sin, but see that that's already your heart. That's what's amazing about us who can stay tied up and not launch out is we do have a heart for God. Maybe the stuff is just overwhelming. Maybe it's taking precedence. Maybe my love for God is put on the back burner because of my love for my contention or my unforgiveness or whatever. Or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is if, if you're looking for a place or a way to untie, start with repentance. Start with addressing how it was wrong to be tied up to begin with. Let's stand.